strong, empowered, authentic. What's up, Ginger Nation? This is Tosh. This is Darren, and you are listening to the Authentic Ginger Podcast. Welcome to the Authentic Ginger Podcast. I'm Tosh Taylor. And I'm Darren Roach, and on today's show is independent country singer-songwriter and domestic abuse survivor with apparently, as she says, no soul. Described as a mix between Ed Sheeran, Eva Cassidy, The Shires, London Grammar, Kate Bush, and Newton Faulkner. Now, with 100 followers on Instagram, she's become a social influencer with her fiery red hair, haven't heard that before, and by making music and singing to help her own well-being and others who connect with her as a person and through her music. Welcome to the show, Kirsty. How are you doing today? Hello, I'm good, thank you. I wanted to start with a correction because you said she has 100 followers on Instagram and that is incorrect. Sorry. Yeah. 100,000. You don't look very old to me, so I want to know how did you manage to get that many followers already? I'm older than I look, just just to let you know that. It's the ginger skin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's 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 one thing people like underestimate underestimate with me and it's weird. I get a lot of predators on my Instagram over it, but I'm actually 33 and I'm 34 in a few months time. But yeah, it's just years of building. I had my own redhead page, which you might have seen, Ginger's Girls Galore. And I built up my following basically by being an admin there. I'm not as active as I should be on it because I'm busy now with my businesses and my music. But yeah, I think I just build it up from the red hair, really. And people see the music as a bonus. Your hair is very, very, very red. And I am envious of it. And I bet you get that an awful lot. However, something that Darren and I like to talk about in the show is growing up as a redhead. And with your hair being that red, I, I want to know what it was like for you. I think if I lived in America, it would have been a completely different story. But in England, red hair is just a no-no. You get oh, picked no. on massively as a child. It's, it's quite bad. I got egged. I got stoned. I got called all the names you could think of. And it was just, it was horrible. And even even my mom kind of cursed me because she said as she was giving birth to me she shouted I don't want a redhead baby <laughs> and they said sorry love that's what you've got because <laughs> my hair's really really curly and really like it's not it's like a deeper red rather than a bright orange red so my mom's like so long as it's not bright orange I'm happy with that it's a nice red but I came out with a full head of hair curls everywhere and my mom my mum ended up loving it, um, but obviously she didn't love how I was treated in school and stuff like that. But yeah, young, younger years are funny because as soon as I got older, red, everyone's like, oh, you're a unicorn. And redheads really looked upon in a completely different way, especially on Instagram. And when I went to Nashville to do some gigs and stuff, I was literally just stopped on the street and people were just like praising me all the time. And I, I kept thinking to myself, I really want to live in America because people love me more. <laughs> How how old were you at that point in time when when this was all kind of happening for you? If we just dive back there for a few seconds. I mean, it happened from when I started school, really, uh, from the age of seven, I can remember, right up until the age of 18, because I was doing, I basically, I did my GCSEs and then I went into my A-levels and I was still getting bullied in those last two years. Crazy. <laughs> I still get people say nasty things now, especially online. People say horrible things about like the color of my skin or the color of my hair. And they, they always make those redhead jokes, don't they? I just think we never really escape it. I don't know if it's just something 
something that happens in the UK, like, because I know it's very different over in America, because when I speak to my friends who are from America or other parts of the country, they say, I never, ever had that in school. But in England, redhead is just seen as like just something to pick on, basically. (laughs) Yeah. You know, what's interesting, too, is that, you know, in North America, I mean, we're in Canada and uh, not that it hasn't been an issue. Um, You know, I have a son who's who's 22 now and he experienced um, bullying for his red hair as well. And, and several other people that we've talked to from North America um, have experienced maybe not quite the extreme that, that you've uh, mentioned to us here today, but, but still to the point where um, it's noticeable and, and it's, and it's harmful. It's, it's, it's hard for people's, uh, for people's well-being sometimes. One of the things that I ask in this situation here w- with yourself, uh, Kirsty, is, do you recognize that happening? You know, I know you know it's, it was happening because it was happening to you. Um, but what do you think about during those years? You know, do you think about coloring your hair? Do you think about shaving it off? Do you think about anything like that when you're going home going like, what the hell was that? Like when I was younger, definitely. I come home and I, I cried in the cupboard for two days for my hair to be cut off. So I definitely did that. Mm-hmm. I also remember wanting to diet like blonde or something just to kind of fit in. But luckily, I had a very supportive mum and family that always said to me, look, keep the hair because it is just jealousy and you will see it as time goes on. You'll recognize that people pick on you or constantly dig at you at the things that they're jealous of. Um, So I I started to believe that in myself. I think if I didn't have the support from my mum and uh, a few nice friends, I probably would have gone really in on myself. But I started to see as I grew older, yes, it was a jealousy thing. And my red hair actually is like my signature thing that gets me a bit of attention in life. And I started loving it after that, I guess. But yeah, I I definitely went through a whole stage of wanting to get rid of it. (laughs) One thing I like to ask also, Kirsty, is when you're uh, when you're going through uh, through life, even even today, um, do you get offended by the word ginger? No. I called my page, my page ginger girls galore. <laughs> no, I think a lot of people do. I refer to it more as redhead because I think it sounds nicer. But if someone called me a ginger, all right, you're right, ginger. I'm just like, hey, you're good. I just, I just accept <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> I don't let any word offend me. <laughs> I just think a word is a word in life. And I think if you take offense to it, it's only going to make you unhappy happy so I kind of just just accept anything called and yeah yeah that's me (laughs) wow yeah that's that's great did you have that did you have that attitude too back in school no no I was completely quiet I went I was really in on myself I hardly spoke to anyone I was basically called this weird witch because I just be really quiet and just give daggers to people so I think they thought I was like cursed or not cursed or do you know what I mean like some weirdo that's just like go away shut up <laughs> whereas now I'm, I'll speak up for myself and I'm a lot more confident so yeah no it, it, it was definitely a lot different when I was younger but I've, I've built on that I've worked on that part of myself. <laughs> Confidence seems to be you know your middle name I mean you know, from, from photos to, to music, to just getting on there and doing whatever the heck you want to do and just keeping the noise away. I mean, if that's not, if that's not you and and that's not who I'm seeing, I I'd be surprised. I mean, it just seems like that's exactly who you have become. No, definitely. I've actually met up with a few people off Instagram and they all said to me, I'm really surprised you're exactly how I like perceive you and see you online. You're exact, you're just as weird and you're just as bubbly. <laughs> yeah. 
and they say you're, you're just the same and they even said I was just I was surprised I almost thought a little bit of it was fake but they all said actually no you are just exactly the same and I think that comes of age as you get older you with with some of us we kind of just think do you know what like I don't care what people think of me I'm just going to be 100% myself if you don't like me you don't like me if you like me you like me and I just like to show that online too. <laughs> I feel like that. Yeah, I feel like that hit me at about 30, 31. And I was like, mm, yeah, I'm done here. <laughs> this is going to be me. And then the confidence comes in. But you um, have a much more uh, in the public eye job. So how do you go from this shy shooting daggers little girl to a musician? How did how did that happen? Well, I I picked up the guitar when I was seven and then just had this. I just had this absolute love to sing and mum mum was never given opportunities when she was younger she just said whatever you want to do I will try and do for you as much as I can we didn't have much money but she said if there's something you really love we'll push that um so she took me to like youth groups and stuff like that and slowly built my confidence up I went from singing to backing tracks with a couple of people to having a couple of singing lessons and being put on stage at school and just coming out of myself. And I think the first time I stood on stage in school and sang and I got compliments over it and people that wouldn't normally speak to me, spoke to me, made me think, oh, this is what I want to do. Cause I feel, I felt so like this uplift inside of me and like mental health wise, I would not be without music. If I didn't have music, I think I'd be a completely different person. Cause it just, it brings out something in me. And then I just wanted more and more and more of it. And then I got here. <laughs> you know, did, did you model your early um, singing aspirations from any particular artists that kind of caught your ear? It's my dad's influence. He used to play a lot of Willie Nelson, Dolly Parton. And I used to listen to a lot of that kind of music. Um, but to be honest, my taste in music was like S Club 7 and the Spice Girls because I was a 90s child. Um, yes. So I was born in the late 80s, grew up in the 90s. So really, I in my head, I thought I was going to be this pop star that sung cheesy songs. And I used to write cheesy songs. The first song I wrote was something like Dream of Having a Boyfriend, which we, we all know I don't want right now. <laughs> and um, yeah, and I just think, I don't know, I think my voice just kind of molded and my guitar playing just kind of molded to the countryside and everyone said to me oh you, you sound like you'd be really good at country or you sound like you're a country musician um, and I think that's why I molded to that side but definitely a little bit of influence for my young years too. It's interesting that genre for you too because like I, I mean and I could be completely wrong I have not spent an awful lot of time in the UK but I feel like is country music really big there? I don't think it's as big as in America because mm -hmm. I think 25% of my followers on Instagram are Americans. I think there is a lot of people that love it in England um, because I'm doing a wedding in September, which is all country themed, all country music. I'm singing for three hours. So yeah, so not, not only do you stand out as a redhead, but you stand out as a country singing redhead, which is probably as you as as you say rare more much more rare than it is over here in north america so i mean good for you you've, you've paved your path thank you <laughs> yeah that, that i know a few people that like the country theme that are local musicians but 
I know a lot of people that book me say we can't really find country singers and they all go I wish I could go to Nashville because there's loads of them there but yeah I'm, I'm sure there's more than I know of. I'm also thinking of like do you get comparisons simply because you're a redheaded country singer to Reba or to the Judds? No everyone just calls me the redhead um lady version of Ed Sheeran that's what I get called <laughs> nothing wrong with that <laughs> exactly <laughs> no I'm happy with that I love him so but no, my favorite redhead singer is Newton Newton Faulkner give Tosh and I a bit of a quick quick demo on on who he is and how cool it is that you guys are uh, are buds on Instagram yeah so basically he liked one of my pictures on Instagram a while back and obviously we both he realized I was a musician and I followed him so he followed me back and then I went to one of his gigs where he was signing CDs and stuff and I just went up to him and I was like do you know who I am and he just said of course I know who you are and my heart was just like oh my god like this is like my favorite artist ever I completely inspired him and he knew who I was it was it was madness Um, but yeah he's he's he had a really big hit in the charts um, called uh, Dream Catch Me. And he's just, he's more of a back artist. Like he does it as a job and he makes a lot of, I think he makes a lot of money out of it. And he does really well. He's got a big audience and following, but he's just very humble and he's more independent. He's not right in the limelight, but he's just got the amount of fame, which would be that I'd appreciate having myself. So yeah, it it was great. It's not easy being a musician. I have a lot of musician friends and I can't even like the amount of work that goes into constantly touring and constantly trying to get gigs. Like how how much like you're not doing this as a full time job right now? Uh, So, yeah, music is my full time job, but I've also got my own music school. So I teach as well. So it's all music related stuff. So, yeah, I opened my music school back in July um, and I started teaching in August so I do that kind of my week job and then I do weddings and festivals and gigs mainly during the weekends and Fridays. So awesome. you never stop. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I never stop. Like literally, if I do get a weekend off, I'll definitely be out in the sunshine, but I get disappointed if it's raining. But yeah, in in the day I'm cleaning because of everything that's been going on. You've got to do extra cleaning now. Um, and then I'm lesson planning and then I'll have my students in the evenings. But then if I've got gigs or I'm doing weddings, I've got songs I've got to learn and it just never stops. And then all the YouTube stuff, because I've got two YouTube channels now, all the editing that goes into that. And people are saying, you make a new music. And I'm like, I haven't had time for that yet, but I really need to find some time. (laughs) Hopefully I will. I love it, though. I, I think I'm not a person that ever really stops. I like to keep going. Even if I have a day out, I'll be if I have a day off, I'll literally go for a really long walk somewhere I just I'm not a person to kind of just sit there I just I have to always be active yeah yeah and you know what what I what I'm interested to know too is when you started your your music school um, I'm just wondering if that was an outlet for you another another music outlet that that gets your mind into the uh, the depths of song of notes of anything that has to do with music and then to share that opportunity is that kind of the reason why you might have started this uh, this school definitely for sure I think it was a mix of stuff so I'm also a qualified nursery nurse I'm level three nursery nurse which is kind of what I was doing on the side of my music before I launched the school and when I was in the schools, in the nursery schools doing this, I would always get out a ukulele and do music sessions with the children. And back 
when I was 20, 19, I always used to say to myself, I need to have my own music school and I want to be doing this, whether it's early years, young adults, like children, that's what I want. And it took a long time because it took a lot of saving, but um, I got there eventually and now I do it as a job and I just, I just love it. I've just got this natural ability with children as well as being a musician. I'm really good with children. I don't want children of my own, but I'm really good with other people's <laughs> children. So it's a perfect job, really. <laughs> you get to you give get them to back. send them home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I like my lions if I can have them. <laughs> when you're singing at weddings, you can't, like, I'm sure you're not taking, you know, a Britney Spears song and turning it into a country tune. I do sometimes, actually. It's oh, my God. I, I want to hear so, it. <laughs> so on my YouTube, I've got, um, I do Mamma Mia by ABBA. And that's yep. a really overplayed song, mm -hmm. but I countryfied it and everyone just said, you've given it so much freshness. So if you go on YouTube and type in Kirsty Clinch, Mamma Mia, it's like a country version of the song. So awesome. yeah, I think every song I cover, it could be anything like Britney Spears, anything really. I do pop songs, country songs, but I always put my own little twist to it. And a lot of people say, well, oh, oh. The, the craziest one I did was Chop Suey. It was voted on. Um, it, it was voted on Instagram to do a cover of it, and they were like, "Oh, I bet you can't do this oh one to your own." God. And, I, and I, I managed it, and everyone loved it. I was like, "Thank God I didn't disappoint them." It was That's... completely different to the original. When you're at weddings, it happens all the time. Hey, play Journey, or hey, play whatever song you know, and you're like. You do you, you probably have this 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 kind of repertoire that's really broad. Obviously, you're doing chop suey, um, but do you get that a lot? Where someone's you know they just keep asking you to play songs that are absolutely not on your set list, but all of a sudden you're like, all right, I'll do that one. I'm not one of those people that keeps all the chords and lyrics in my head. If if I haven't played a song for a while, they're out. I'm like, I can't remember that one, but I just look it up on my phone. Like the other day, someone asked me to do "Follow Me" by Uncle Cracker. Like I know the song, but I couldn't really remember it. So I just typed it into my phone. Luckily I had reception <laughs> and just <laughs> literally just tried to play it from my, from my phone and you know, half of them are drunk. So if you go wrong, it doesn't matter. Make it up. If it sounds kind of all right, they know. So they're happy, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's good fun. It also comes down to your confidence too. I'm a radio announcer. And if I don't know how to pronounce something, I say it like I know I, I know how to pronounce it. And if you're up there and you're singing these words with, with confidence, they're going to go, huh, maybe I've been wrong all these years. Yeah. You must know okay. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just, you just literally say, look, this is my version of the song. This yeah. is my version of the words. Yeah. Like... Um, so look, Kirsty, your new album is out. It's called Evolution. And uh, I yep. just wanted to talk a little bit about that. So, so what I've read is that it is about your battle with domestic violence, social media, and your life all combined into one. That's pretty heavy, yeah. you know. And 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 your music and and just kind of trying to find a positive light, as you say. Uh, and I quote, you know, positive lights at the end of the tunnel. Um, take us through the development of this record at the start of it, really, um, and and where did it all? Where did it all come from? Where did it stem from? And, and why is it about this? And, and how it made you feel at the end of it? Yeah, so basically I'd been, I've been wanting to release music online for years and I'd never done it. And I just had this whole wad of songs that I needed to do something with. So finally got to record it in my bedroom and um, released it in the September. But some of the songs are five years old or more and I've just never really put them out there, mainly because of 
maybe being in the situation at the time, like especially the domestic abuse songs, I didn't want, when you're in that situation, you don't want people to really know about it. You don't talk about it that much. And obviously you don't want your abuser to listen to it. So it was kind of something you kind of keep to yourself. And then when I finally got out of that situation, in fact, there were two different men, but it was just my battle. And it was, it just felt like the perfect time to tell my story now now I've got rid of the bad parts and now I'm working on myself this is my perfect time to tell my story I wanted to talk about Nashville in not a in a not in an obvious way just about kind of going and grabbing your dreams because that's what I did and that's where it kind of all built from really and I just picked my favorite songs which ones were more subtly about the abuse about telling too much um, so it was more relatable for everybody, men and women, not just not just the situation of, uh, of, you know, everyone always says it's the men that abuses women, but it's not. It's the other way, too. So I wanted it to be relatable to everybody. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of men that actually came to me saying, thank you for this song, because people don't see our side of it sometimes either. So I'm, I'm just I'm proud I got it out there. And then there's ones like Round and Around, which is just kind of inspirational you probably tell I don't write a lot of love songs and if they are love songs they're not happy but that's just because Mm. my songs are like the diary of my life and that's just the experiences that I've had I've had some nice boyfriends but not in a romantic kind of way and if I the last couple of boyfriends I've had long periods of time with have not been nice and I've just been stuck in this situation so evolution was kind of how I got to this point and it tells the story of all these years ago and I should have done it sooner. I shouldn't have waited to this moment, but mm-hmm. I finally did it and it's never too late to start. Is it so? No, it's not. And do you find that you're purposely burying, burying your story to the point where only you can really pick out what's happening so that it becomes relatable to other people? Yeah, I think, I think I do have a lot more personal songs I've never put out there. It's mm-hmm. kind of, in, when you're in the moment and I like to write it all down then it's it's quite angry and I just think that it's just it's just not right for my audience if you know what I mean it's not the right thing I want to put out it might be a bit too personal and I don't want any backlash from that if you know what I mean so then I make sure that I just put out the kind of songs that are a little bit more mellow so people can relate for sure so on this album, you wrote uh, the title track. I don't know. No, sorry. It's not the title track. It's the first track off the record called Redhead. You know, we're going to want to know what that was about. And, and uh, tell us about that song. Take us through it. So it's basically what I told you right from the start, like how I was bullied. It talks about like the people throwing eggs at my head and throwing stones at my head. And it's just the journey, basically. It's just me saying to all of my bullies, this is what you did to me. This is how I felt. But this is how I am now. And I, you know, you can talk to me down and down as much as you want, but I will always rise above it. And it's, it's almost like wishing them well, even though they were really nasty to me, but at the same time saying, but you didn't get to me and I'm still cool. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still writing. So. Exactly. <laughs> I I really think that a lot of these bullies, I think it really backfired on them because I'm finding from the people we're interviewing that uh, like redheads grow up to be so freaking dynamic and so confident and so and I really think that that these bullies uh in some way shape or form had something to do with that. To be honest, I think that that is literally it. Like a lot of people say, "Oh, you've, you know, 
you got bullied in school, you've met all these nasty men that have always put you down, like how are you so confident despite all of that? But I just kind of use, I don't, I'm not one of those people that something bad happens to and I'll let myself get down about that. I'll, I'll have my down days, I'm not gonna lie, like I have panic attacks, I have bad moments, I have triggers, that's understandable, but I don't let it affect my whole life. I always think like if someone treats you that badly, kind of use that as an incentive to push yourself to a better place. And which is why the album got made because it's all full of bad stuff, but it's got such a positive aspect to it as well, that even though all this bad stuff has happened, actually that's driven me to make something good out of it. I've made art from that. And I've always said that every musician probably goes through bad relationships because they're meant to make good art. And and how and how liberating does that feel too at the same time like you know just just being a redhead just being a redhead is is just you know as as you said tosh you know these bullies at the end of the day the liberation that comes out of being a redhead is just it's again i'll say it again it's off the charts okay well kirsty we have so loved having you on the show today and i'm hoping that you can point everybody in the right direction to get yourself uh to get their selves um, on your music and on your music school too so, so the music page is first melodies um that's got its own instagram and the website if anyone's interested in looking into that further is www.firstmelodies.com and basically i also sell early years books and stuff like that which have got songs on that i green screen it and dance around with characters there's there's a lot to it so it's worth checking out you're amazing i just want you to know that <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I'm scatty and I'm clumsy, but I'm creative, so it makes up for it. <laughs> you know, as far as your, your website, people can find you at www.kirstyclinchmusic.com. Is that correct? Yeah, that's it. Okay. And then on Instagram, it's at Kirsty underscore Clinch, C-L-I-N-C-H. Yeah, that's it. If you type in Kirsty Clinch or Google, you'll, you'll find whatever you need to find on there. <laughs> Awesome. That is so great. Thank you so much again. And we look forward to following your adventures and your music. Thank you for having me, guys. You've been listening to the Authentic Ginger Podcast. Become a part of the Ginger Nation by liking, subscribing, following, and leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast was produced by Tosh Taylor of the Podcast Hub Productions. Find her online at podcasthub.ca.